sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. If we are going to grow as disciples of Jesus Christ, we need to grow simply as humans as well, in our self-awareness, in our ability to communicate and relate to others, and so much more. We call that human formation, and that's what we're going to be talking about today on Ignition. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Bergwald, and we want to set your faith ablaze so that you might live the adventure that comes from a relationship with Jesus Christ. Before we get into today's topic, we want you to know that we love listener feedback. So if you've got questions about today's episode, or if you have ideas for future episodes, please contact us. The easiest way to do so is by email, and the address is ignition at sfcatholic.org. I am joined in the studio today by... A, a recurring but occasional guest host, Emily Leadham. Hello, Dr. Berg. How are you, Emily? It's a delight to be back it's on. Gl- it's been a couple of months. I think like November, December is the last time you yeah, were on the show. So I think so, too. It's good to have you back. So uh, in case folks weren't listening then or previously, who are you? My name is Emily Leadham. I often call myself a daughter of the Diocese of Sioux Falls yes, because do. I really received uh, immense formation and really experienced a conversion to the faith. Uh, in and through the offerings that the diocese and and people within the diocese um, were offering, that they were supporting me with. So uh, I am newly, gosh, not so newly Not so newly, Liedem. Eight months-ish, but who's counting, um, the executive director of Catholic Family Services um, for the Diocese of Sioux Falls, which primarily were a counseling clinic, but also offer a lot of programming and that kind of thing, specifically addressing human formation. So mm-hmm. as a, as you're reading the intro for today, my uh, yes. ears are perked. Yes, they um, are. Because, yeah, it's definitely a desire for me. I'm also uh, married, and I've got two little there girls we go. and one on the way. And one on the way, in case people are watching the video. They're like, yeah. I'm guessing. Wow, she's like really <laughs> eating a lot of donuts this Lent. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, yes. No, but actually, I am. I've been craving chocolate shakes. I'm really working really? on it. Really? No, yeah, yesterday it that you so had good. you d- <laughs> all the time. Can I ask what you gave up for Lent? Uh, I didn't necessarily give up something. I, I've added, added some things. Added, added, yeah, added. I changed where I parked. Shakes park. and donuts and yeah, I've added shakes and donuts <laughs> and uh, an earlier bedtime. <laughs> and <laughs> oh gosh, that's funny. No, I um I had gotten out of the habit when I switched roles. I mm. used to uh, stop in the cathedral every morning on my way in, um, or at least most mornings. And I started parking in a different place. And I tell you, I had the clearest oh. intentions and biggest desires to continue. Okay, I'll drop my stuff mm. off, and then eventually I'll make my way over and, and stop in the cathedral for a little while just to spend some time with the Blessed Sacrament, um, in the presence of the Blessed Sacrament. And it was not happening. Mm. It was absolutely not happening. So for Lent, I started parking in my old parking spot and am getting back on the wow. wagon. Wow, that's cool. I've changed my parking spot. I like to say, I mean, the deeper thing is I'm spending more time with the Blessed Sacrament. <laughs> but, but for Lent, I changed my parking but spot. But the practical piece is I changed my parking spot. Those little practical things can make all the difference sometimes. They really do. They really do. Yeah, Amen. those little human behavior things. Yep. It's funny. So speaking of human behaviors, 
So um, human formation. So just to set the stage for folks uh, in in the diocese of Sioux Falls, we've been talking for a long time about as we're trying to grow as disciples of Jesus Christ, missionary disciples, the four areas of formation that JP2, St. John Paul II, originally applied to seminary formation, we've adapted that for, for all of us. So intellectual formation, the teachings of the church, scripture, catechism, that sort of thing. Um, spiritual formation, our prayer, our relationship with the Lord, personal prayer, sacraments, liturgy, and so on. Um, pastoral or apostolic formation, um, how I walk with people closer to Jesus Christ, lead them um, as a missionary, as an evangelist. But then human formation um, is is the fourth one. And I think, Emily, my experience when you're talking about human formation, and I thought, like, how do I want to describe it? So I just came up with a couple of things to start the show. But um, I think that's, this is maybe the, the most nebulous one of the four. Like, I think people can pretty quickly wrap their minds around what human or apostolic, spiritual, and intellectual formation are, but human not as much. Mm-hmm. So how do you... Pillar. What? The, the forgotten, forgotten pillar. pillar. Nice, nice. I often think of it as that. Yeah. Um, so how do you describe the forgotten pillar, a.k.a. human formation? Yeah. So I think primarily the thing that comes to my mind, um, and I knew you were going to ask me for a great definition. I should have just <laughs> well, really yeah. written one down and I didn't. But when I think of human formation, I think of those human virtues, not necessarily the supernatural virtues <clears throat> or charisms, as some people might call them, those human virtues that allow us to flourish in the world, in mm-hmm. our relationships, uh, in our own uh, personal growth, um, those human behaviors, if you will, um, that yeah, that that set us up for your that set us up for flourishing. That ultimately set us up for happiness, uh, which leads to a greater uh, capacity for holiness as well. Amen. So, with, and with that, I think you and I, maybe you more than me, often refer to a beautiful quote from an early church father, say Irenaeus of Lyon, modern day France, who said said that the glory of God is the human being fully alive. alive. Uh, and there's this yeah. principle in the church that. Um, the grace we receive through the sacraments, through our relationship with God, builds on nature. Grace builds on nature. So we have to attend to our nature, yes. our humanity, yes. if we're going to become holy. So yes. healthiness, the healthier I am, yes. the holier I can become. Yes. Right? Yes. At the example that has been coming to my mind, and this is just a, it's a little too close to home right now, but we cannot be truly holy we cannot be truly well if we eat terribly mm-hmm. every day if we eat a slice of pizza every night at 10 p.m mm-hmm. you know uh that that's actually in inhibiting us uh it's inhibiting our humanness from being able to really receive or really to be fully alive to be well, and of course, there's you know I always want to make the distinction as we start to get into these things because there's uh, external suffering or suffering that we don't choose, yep. and then the suffering that we bring it on bring right. on ourselves. <clears throat> and so, really, the the aim for human formation is to uh, free ourselves of the burdens that we attach to ourselves, yep. um, so that we can flourish in the world so that we can show up, if you will, that's kind of like a common phrase in a lot of, uh, self-help, mm-hmm. uh, spheres right now. How can you show up best for the people in your life? How do you show up for the life that you want to live or whatever, which is kind of obnoxious because it's all over the place, but there's a real truth mm-hmm. underlying it of how do we enter into the world and show up for it well with our best selves, bringing forward 
uh, everything that God has created us to be and, and allowing those things to spill out uh, and be his light in the world. So there's a lot of things that you just mentioned that I will touch on, but I want to start near the end though, because I think, um, so self-help uh, and, and, and a number of things that, that we might get into, some people might listen to that and be like, that's all kind of psycho babble, is it? Like, what yeah. does that have to do with my prayer life, with going to the mass? Sort of the traditional things people think of when they think about discipleship or when they think about being Catholic. Um, isn't it like, you want to put me on the couch? I want to go to confession. Like, what, right. what do you say to that sort of like skeptical question? Right, right. Oh, man, that's a really good question. I think the the first thing that I would say is going back to the the grace building on nature conversation that we started with, that if we really want to become holy, if we really want to enter more fully into prayer, life in the spirit, all of these things, again, that grace is building upon the very nature yeah. of our of our uh, our mind, our body, our behaviors, our, our personalities, our emotions. We can't separate. Sometimes we want to separate kind of that that yep. psycho yep. babble or the psycho psychological yep. component yep. of the human person from yep. the spiritual component of the human person. And you simply can't. Right. It's a false dichotomy right. to try and we're we're not severed human beings, yep. right? We're we're unified we're, one. And we're a unified and integrated human yep. beings. And so it, those things can't be separated. So that would be the first thing that I would say. Um, and then the second thing that I would say is this is going to sound a little harsher than I intended, okay. <laughs> but look around at um, maybe some people in your community, in your life, et cetera, that are dynamically faithful very holy, are showing up to mass every single day, are just really committed, right? Committed to the faith. <clears throat> if they have poor human formation, mm -hmm. is it attractive mm -hmm. to other people? Right. No. A huge part of what human formation is and the importance of human formation, why it's a key pillar, for example, in, in what well, this really started out for priests, these four areas yep. of formation, they were laying them out for the, the formation of our priests. And they started to realize that without good human formation, priests are not relatable. They're not um, engaging. They're not actually inviting people into uh an encounter with the true presence of Jesus Christ, fully God and fully man, yep. fully human, uh, fully human. So there's that, I think there's that dynamic of, of why I push the importance of human formation, especially for those that are, well, for, for all, but for those that are really, really captivated by the spiritual life mm -hmm. and are really invested in the spiritual life. If we can be a bridge rather than an obstacle for other people to encounter that, it makes all the difference in the world in the evangelical spirit, in our ability to evangelize. So that's why for me, when I'm talking about human formation, I, I often, one of the things that I do usually stress, emphasize name is the ability to rate, relate, relate to other people. Now that doesn't mean that you and I are both pretty strong extroverts. We're, exuberant and gregarious personalities. Something like uh, that. <laughs> not everybody's called, no. not everybody is called to. Not everybody, not everybody's, not everybody's an extrovert. Um, and, and that's okay. <laughs> that really, yes. that's how God has made yes. us. Human formation does not mean extroverted <clears throat> yes. and, uh, 
outgoing yep. at all. Yep. It actually just means virtuous. I mean, some of the most beautifully humanly formed people, people that I think excel, um, that I think of that excel in human formation are actually very receptive people. Mm. They actually are maybe a bit quieter. Mm -hmm. They uh, are observers in, mm -hmm. an, in an environment mm -hmm. kind of thing. On the other hand, you can have um, people that are extraordinarily boisterous, loud, uh, tenacious in some ways, but don't have great human formation. Yep. They don't have that ability to listen or to reciprocate yep. or... Um, one of my, I want to like write a book someday about human formation. And I think my first chapter is going to be called, I just made this up, but it's kind of a good book idea. <laughs> the first chapter would be the art of conversation. Yeah. A really good example of human formation. How do you have conversation well? How do you engage well? How do you, I mean, you do this so beautifully. Like you were one of the first people that I was like, this is what the art of conversation mm. is because you're receptive and you ask questions and you're curious, you're an interviewer, but you also bring forward things. Mm -hmm. That's a human formation right. skill. Absolutely. Have you ever heard of Mortimer Adler? Does that name ring any bells um, for you? Not like the psychologist Adler. No, he's a philosopher. No, right. No, different guy, philosopher, okay. uh, Aristotelian philosopher, won't get into all that. Uh, but he ran the University of Chicago's Great Books program for years. So he was um, very astute philosophically, but he he believed there was like a, a first cause, but he was not a Christian hmm. until late in his life. And he became a Catholic actually died in his nineties back in the nineties, early two thousands. He actually wrote a book called how to speak and how to listen. Really? Yes. Is it good? It's on my shelf. I, I'll, uh, well, like many of the books on my shelf. Anyway, you haven't read it I yet. Haven't read it. <laughs> but as you were speaking, the art of conversation, I'm like, that, cause that, that was like, of course, you know me. I'm like, What's the perfect book for this? Yes. And, and Adler is a is a was a brilliant man, and he recognized the importance because he his most one of his most well known books is How to Read a Book, but he realized that's one form of communication. But you also have to how to speak and how to listen and how to so, engage. Yeah, exactly. Oh, exactly. interesting. Yeah, so, I totally want to read it. Um, the other thing I thought of in terms of okay, why attentiveness to psychology and so on, um, as, as you were talking about grace building on nature, uh, we shame we share the same spiritual director, and he talks about the acronym of HALT. Do you remember HALT? I I forgot it. For Hungry, a while. angry. Lonely. lonely, tired. Yeah. So how we have to really be attentive when we're hungry, angry, lonely, or tired. So our, our physical and psychological status yeah. uh, in terms of the enemy could pounce yes. at those times. Yes. And yes. oftentimes does. Yes. So that kind of gets into the other piece that I want to talk about. Um, but if you're just tuning in, you're listening to Ignition. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Bergwald, visiting today with Emily Leadham about the importance of human formation as a disciple of Jesus Christ. So, um, self-awareness as, as really one of the key things when it comes to human formation. Yes. So yes. you're nodding, you wrote it down. Yes. Tell us. Oh, I, what is that quote from, um, Pope St. Gregory, the great, no trees uh, of Avila. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That, um, <clears throat> self-awareness is so, or self-knowledge is so important. Something, something, something. Let us never grow tired of the cultivation of it. Yep, Do you know some, what I'm talking yes. about? She has a quote. I don't know it as well as Gregory's, but yes. It's something. What's Gregory's? Um, the greatest obstacle to ministry is the lack of self-awareness. Oh Yeah. I love that. Yep. Yes. So basically what these what these two great saints are getting at is that self-knowledge or self-awareness is critical 
to our ability to grow as disciples, critical to our ability to be evangelists, to share the faith with others, um, critical to our ability to to navigate the world that we live in. Mm-hmm. Um have you ever met someone that just really does not have self-awareness? Mm-hmm. That's just, they're they're a bit aloof. I actually find these people kind of endearing sometimes because really they're, they're almost just unfazed by things right, in a certain right. capacity uh, because they're like, oh, I'm just doing my thing, you know, or you have the, the other side <coughs> um, where they uh, are maybe really strongly opinionated, yep. uh <laughs> Intense people. <laughs> Why are you laughing, Chris? <laughs> Does it sound familiar mm, to you? Maybe a little bit. <laughs> I'm really proud of you for growing. In Thank the- <laughs> you. Thank you very much. Skill of self-awareness. Yes. But self-awareness helps us to regulate mm. those uh, aspects that are perhaps natural to our personality that inhibit us or uh, decrease our ability to be virtuous. Mm. Or our ability to engage well with the world in which we live. So, um, yeah, I think self-awareness is one of the most critical, key, foundational elements for human growth. Um, That's why things like journaling are really important or uh, having close friendships. Close friendships, if they are authentically virtuous friendships, actually bring about greater self-awareness for us. Why? How? Um, my gosh, that was a good, what's a good example. Um, I have a friend that I talk to regularly, probably three, four times a week via, via phone. And then every other couple of weeks we go out for coffee or whatever. Um, this is somebody that knows me really intimately, knows me really well. There are many a conversations that I have had with her that she will ask a question and I will say, why do I do it that way? Mm. Gosh, why am I thinking about this thing? What is my motivation? What is my fear? What is my hesitancy here? Whatever. So so I think authentic friendship can uh, develop questions right. almost for ourselves yep. that make us – say. and you and I have, have had many yep. of these – um, that I walk away from a conversation with you thinking or or growing with a new recognition about myself, about my tendencies, about my personality, et cetera. Um, so I think good friendship can do this, but it ultimately allows us, yeah, like I said earlier, to, to kind of rein in those elements of our personality uh, that are that are vice, right that are not right. caring or compassionate or virtuous uh, and, then to cultivate those things that are. Why are you smirking? So you part of self-awareness is knowing personality, and there's a thousand different approaches to personality. And the one that I feel like you know the best are the the four temperaments. Yeah. Um, and I think you'll you I know you'll correct me if I'm wrong. Um, I'm a choleric sanguine. Mm-hmm. I think. So our Jermaine and I, our, our old Elena's a junior this year when she's a sophomore. So last year in high school, um, in one of her classes, they were doing something in the temperaments and there was an online uh, quiz or inventory. And she, she brought it home. We were talking about it, Jermaine, my wife, and, and Elena, our oldest, and me. And so I took it and I'm a choleric sanguine <clears throat> and it's going through the strengths and, uh-huh. the, and the weaknesses. Uh-huh. And, yeah, uh-huh. and, and I'm reading the weaknesses and I'm like, what's the problem? 
Like, <laughs> <laughs> no, I knew. I mean, I yeah, know. You were messing but a, with them. but a choleric sanguine is like. Well, these these are actually fantastic. These deal b- with these it. These bl- all belong in the strengths. Yes. I don't know what, what are you talking yes. about. Yes, yeah, that whole like they could be a bit of a bulldozer, right. or right. Uh, yeah. So there was probably a, a time dictator. where it would have been like, well, no, these aren't weaknesses; they're strengths. Now I say that mm-hmm. just because I know they are weaknesses because I've grown in self awareness and I can right. see how it. <laughs> right. They they've impeded my ability to relate. So the, the example I often give my personality um, for some people, I know it can just, it's too much and I need to dial me down sure. so I can build a bridge. That's a real, yeah, that's a great example. One of the examples that I would share is I'm a sanguine primarily right. a sanguine phlegmatic sanguines uh, get really excited about things for short periods of time and then they tend to lose interest. So I can play like two notes on probably 10 different instruments, (laughs) but can I play a song on any of them? No. Besides Mary had a little lamb on the piano and twinkle twinkle little star, but I don't mean to toot my own horn. (laughs) I struggle following through. I struggle to commit to finishing something all the way through the growth and self-awareness for me has allowed me to say, okay, here's where I need to push a little harder because my natural tendency is going to be to whatever. Right. Right. It'll work itself out. Right. Right. Something'll happen eventually. <laughs> right. Yes, ma'am. So there's this, this challenge I think that comes with self-awareness to really be able to better engage um, the places where we want to grow in virtue. Right. So I, I um, we could go either of two ways. I'm going to leave it up to you. If, if there's other things that you really want us to get into, we've only got about six minutes left. Okay. But I'm also, if you, so how do I do, how do I grow in self-awareness? You already talked about, but are there other things, but I don't know if there's other key things about human formation that you feel like we should maybe take some time on. Yeah. So um, I'm going to kind of wrap them into two, okay. actually. There's a couple of things that come to my mind, particularly with your second question what are some things that we can do to grow in human formation? Um, obviously, establish friendships, create close friendships. Community really allows us to do this well. Community often is a chisel for us that mm. uh, reveals to us those little rough spots <clears throat> where we right. need to be smoothed out, if you will. Um, so I think to engage in community well is really important. Um I would say counseling as well. Oftentimes people think of counseling as only for those that are going through major crisis Mm -hmm. or that are experiencing a level of depression Mm -hmm. or anxiety or loss or rupture, major rupture point. Um, Increasingly, there's a common thread or a common kind of effort within the counseling field of growth counseling. Yeah. That individuals say, you know, I'm, I'm doing okay. I'm doing well, but I just recognize there's some areas that I want to grow. I spend too much time on my phone. I feel a little too disengaged with my children. Um, I feel like I'm struggling to balance work and uh, my home life. That's, that's something that counseling can help with to, to name what are those things that you want to grow and then to set some plans in place. And that doesn't mean that you're going to be in counseling for two years for some of those things, but just a few checkup points to say, here's some things that I want to work on comes to my mind. Um, the other really uh, critical component and why I said I want to combine the two of, of your questions of how do you grow in this and are there other key elements of human formation? Leadership. Training leaders, reading about leadership, um, watching and studying effective leaders, Mm -hmm. I think has the capacity to be one of the best formation 
tools for us, uh, reading good books about leadership or, um, oh, I don't even know, like, yeah, just diving into um, listening to podcasts about it, et cetera. I think that starts to reveal the greater self-awareness for us of what type of follower are we, what type of leader are we, um, that kind of thing. But it's also a really critical part of human formation that not everybody is going to be a leader in every sense or in every place, but there's certain environments where we might be called to step up as a leader in our family or uh, maybe in our friendship group for something, in our community, that sort of thing. And I think leadership has a really uh, profound way of helping us to grow in in human formation. It gets us out of our comfort zone right. a little bit, um, and and it's a yeah, it's a real critical aspect of human formation, and it's a way that we can grow. I think as humans okay. too. So self awareness. Uh, we talked earlier about virtue um, and the things you were just detailing there. We talked about personality a little bit. Um, we've got about three minutes left. Do you want to capstone it, or is there some other key component that you think uh, we still need to touch on? One of the other. This is maybe the last one that I'll share. Um, we talked about relationality and all of that, but um, receiving criticism mm. well yeah. is a crucial <clears throat> part of human formation. And it's, I think the most difficult, uh, one to master. Uh, if my husband, you know, has a comment perhaps (laughs) about (laughs) a way that he feels like I could grow, what's my natural tendency? Typically, well, you don't do this or blah, blah, blah. I want to bite back, right? Defensive. The defense wall goes up. Um, but at times when I have been able to really readily receive criticism oh man the growth is palpable and it continues to bear fruit so i think that's just one other element so i I, so and that goes back to surrounding yourself um and and maybe you're a person who you just have a few really close friends maybe you got a lot of friends regardless but a a community around you we talked about that earlier um of people who basically you've given permission to speak truth yes. into your life. Yes. Uh, and I, but I, I think Emily, um, it, there's no easy way. You just have to do it. Yes. Like in terms of receiving, how do I grow yes. the question? How do I grow in my ability to receive criticism by asking for it and yes. receiving it? Yes. And praying for the gift to receive it as right. well. And from the Lord right. too, the Lord wants to challenge us. The Lord wants, so, so the examine, Yep. Really, if, if we get into the regular practice of an examine every night, there's a critical part of the examine of, Lord, where have I failed you today? Right. Blah. Amen. That's a hard question. Right. But that really is getting us in the practice of being able to receive. And don't get me wrong. It's not like the Lord saying, you know, oh, how dare you or, yep. or anything like that. But we're receiving the criti- critically. Um, or receiving the, the critical uh, reality of where we fail, yep. of where we yep. are human. And we have to know that so that we can yes. continue on the road from yes. healthiness to holiness. And do better tomorrow. Emily, if only there were a podcast where I could learn more about human formation. I don't know If any. only that existed. I don't know any. We talk a lot about this on Lead Them to Life. So Lead Them to Life, tell, tell us just briefly about your podcast. Yeah, absolutely. So we've been going on about a year uh, and really Lead Them to Life is an effort to engage the human realities that all of us experience to find a common experience, uh, but in and through the Catholic vision of the human person, through the Catholic lens. 
Uh, so we talk about any and all aspects. We did one on pelvic floor. Did you listen to that one? It was no, really good. I did not. Bill listened to it. He was like, well, that was new. And of that. <laughs> <laughs> but to, to talk I... about the human experience. So you can find it everywhere. Everywhere yep. you subscribe to podcasts. You bet. website. Lead them to life. Emily, thanks for being here today. Thanks. And that will wrap up this episode of Ignition. Again, you can email us, ignition at sfcatholic.org, with any thoughts, questions, or ideas for future episodes. And until next time, may God bless you.